What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NHL Monday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, welcome into the show, my uh, my fellow sports betters. Another day, another dollar. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com. We're going to be going through some hockey talk today. So if you'd like to bet on the NHL before or during the game, uh, check them out online, TopNotchOdds.com. They also offer uh, lots of bets, both before games and during uh, games live betting on every other sport out there. So whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, online, topnotchodds.com, put in promo code SHARPEDGE. Let them know you heard about them right here on the Sharp Angle Podcast, and that could get you up to a 200% deposit bonus. Online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. All right, on today's show, we're going to go through all 31 teams in my power rankings. Now, occasionally, I'll bring you guys up to date on the on my top 10, and we'll kind of talk about some of the better teams in the league. Uh, but today, I thought that what we'd do, as we just kind of passed the, the midpoint in the season, right? As most of you know, there's 82 games in a year, and uh, we just kind of passed the point where most teams played uh, 40 games about the last week. So good time to go give you guys an idea of all 31 teams in the power rankings, and I'll give you a few bullet points, kind of a few notes on each team as well. So let's not waste no more time. Get right into it, starting with number 31, the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit, young and experienced, they've been injured for a lot of the season, and we knew this was the issue. We knew this was the case coming into the year that Detroit was going to have a couple years to work with, especially with the new front office. So while there's no real surprises this year with Detroit, they are dead last in our power ratings. Number thirty. The New Jersey Devils. Now, they had a very slow start to the year. I was actually pretty bullish on New Jersey before the season started. I was talking about the Devils, how they're going to be one of the better or the most improved teams this year, and they just got off to a dreadful start. But since then, they're actually picking up. And, and that's important when you're doing power ratings. It's important to bring everything into the uh, equation here. We know New Jersey had an awful start to the year. They've had a pretty good last couple weeks. If you've just been watching hockey for the last two weeks, you may think New Jersey's maybe a top 10 team. They've been playing better and better. But full season, where I have them right now, I still think 30th out of 31 is appropriate. And again, just to give you guys an idea, uh, the way I do my power ratings, I don't just kind of go through every week and say, okay, where do I think the Devils should be? Yeah, 30 sounds good. This is all based on a, a, a system I have and, 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 and a formula I use. So this is all math-based. What happens actually pretty often, almost every time <laughs> I, I run my numbers and do power ratings, there will be a couple teams where I go, really? Are they really there? But that's what's important is... It's a good starting point for, for what I do. And so I, I don't argue with the math, right? Now, if we go in and after we've you kind of plug these numbers in and want to do some mitigation afterwards, that's fine. But it's always a good idea to use math as a starting point because, as I said, your heart and your head often fight with each other when, you, when you're making sports bets. So if you have a way to kind of step away and objectively look at games, that's what we're trying to do here. So New Jersey, I know they're playing very well lately, young, talented, probably should be better, uh, 30th overall in my rankings. 29, we're going to go LA, the LA Kings. Now, the LA Kings actually have a very good home defense. When they're playing on their home turf, on their home ice, they're pretty good holding other teams down, but that's about all they do, all they do well. Uh, we knew that 
this offseason, again, kind of like New Jersey, kind of like Detroit, we knew this was going to be a rebuilding year for LA, especially because they signified that to us making some moves this offseason. They still have a couple pieces around, but those are remains of a once great team. And Jonathan Quick actually having a career worst year for him. His GSAA, pretty much uh, that's just goals that you give up compared to the average goalie in the league. He's negative 4.17. That's according to CorsicaHockey.com. LA Kings, number 29. Number 28, we're going to go Anaheim. Just down the road from LA, the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim just doesn't have the defense to hold up on the road. At home, they're giving up 2.7 goals a game. On the road, 3.4 goals per game. And a lot of that is actually attributed to John Gibson, who's having a pretty average season. Now, average isn't bad. Right now, I have John Gibson right there, middle of the pack in goalies in the NHL, but that's not who he's been for much of his career. So they've relied on Gibson to kind of create opportunities or shut down opportunities when the other team creates them, and uh, that's not happening this year. They're the worst team in the worst division in hockey. Anaheim Mighty Ducks, number 28 in my rankings. All right, let's stay in the Pacific Division for the 27th best team. I'm going to go San Jose. Uh, and, and look, with San Jose, again, it's kind of a theme here with these bad teams. We didn't expect a whole lot coming into the year. San Jose's always done well offensively. Last couple years when San Jose was good, they scored goals, and that's just gone away. They're 26 this year in total scoring. They fired, uh, they, uh, fired Peter, Peter DeBoer. And it didn't really change a whole lot. I think it's more of a cultural thing they're trying to do. I don't know why you fire a head coach second month of the season if you're not going to bring in you know, an immediate change or want to make an immediate change. But either way, they need improvement on defense. They need uh, some new goalies. They have, I think, the worst tandem of goalies in the entire hockey league. San Jose, a lot to rebuild there. Uh, for what was a very good contending team a couple years ago, uh, San Jose, number 27. Number 26, the Ottawa Senators. Now, the Ottawa's kind of climbed a little bit. I mean, for a long time there, Ottawa was dead last in my rankings, a lot of your rankings, but this is a very tough team to play. It doesn't matter what night you get them, if it's a back-to-back, three and four, home on the road, Ottawa's going to be a tough out. They're improving, they're building, still a long way to go for the Senators, but uh, I like what Ottawa's doing, number 26 overall. 25 in my power rankings. We're going to go Chicago uh, Blackhawks here. Chicago's offense is gone. And with Chicago's offense leaves, they have no chance. I mean, that's why they stayed in game. Chicago scored goals, but they also gave goals up. Well, when the scoring goals leaves and the, and the giving goals up doesn't leave, that's just a recipe for a bad hockey team. I still believe they're missing Joel Quenville. Now, he's been gone for a couple years, but his absence, I think, is still a very real thing. They're making changes in Chicago. They need a better defense. I think goaltending is an issue as well. I mean, I I understand that uh, uh, Crawford is kind of like he's been so consistent for so long and he's reliable, but you need a spark there. You need something else in Chicago. What's going on right now isn't working. Uh, And again, when the offense drops off, everything kind of falls away for Chicago. So Chicago uh, not having a very good year, 25th overall. All right, moving on to number 24 in my power rankings, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, I love John Tortorella, and I like what he's doing this year with that team. He's doing everything he can to keep Columbus afloat. But when you're that young, and frankly, when you're relying on Elvis Merklins to be a, a, a great goaltender night in, night out, that's just not a good recipe for a contending team in the NHL. 
They lost a lot this last offseason. They're fighting like crazy. They're actually overperforming, I think, for where they should be this year. And that is a lot due to John Tortorella, as we mentioned. So Columbus, not a great team, not a very talented team. They're winning some unexpected games. Number 24 in our power rankings. Number 23, and this is my most overrated team in the NHL. If you listen to ESPN or just frankly talk to a lot of hockey fans who don't pay a whole lot of attention to my number 23 team, I think they are the most single overrated team in hockey. The Calgary Flames. They're playing well too, as a matter of fact. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. But, but they are the only division leader in hockey to have a negative goal differential. It's only a matter of time until Calgary falls off the map. I've, they're leading the division right now. If you guys want to uh, find me on Twitter, at Tyler Walge, you spell my last name, W-A-L-J-E, at Tyler Walge. Find me on Twitter. Make me a bet. I'll bet a lot of you guys out there that Calgary won't make the playoffs. And we're using odds. We're using odds from Vegas because the market loves Calgary. You guys love Calgary. Everyone seems to love the Flames except for me. I'm fading them. Uh, now, as I have been all year, again, 7-3 last 10. So and this is actually a good reminder. These power rankings, if a team is in the 20s or the teens or even the 10s, it's not a guarantee. This is not saying bet against Calgary every game blindly. And when you hear my number one team, it's not going to be bet on them blindly. This is simply right now, neutral ice, everything taken into account. Goalies, uh, home, road, uh, offense, defense, everything gets baked into one kind of number. And so... I, look, I don't love Calgary, but as I said earlier in the show, if my, if my system gave me, you know, the the thing I use, whatever you want to call it, the model, the algorithm, whatever, if it spits out Calgary's the ninth best team overall in the NHL, that's what I'm telling you guys. I don't go in afterwards and go, nah, that's too high. Let's bring him down to 14. I just re, re, I'm just reiterating what I was given. I'm just reiterating the numbers I'm looking at, and so. It actually just confirms and backs up what I've been saying all season long, that Calgary's not as good, A, as their record, and B, as their stats say. So I think we have some real opportunity the second half of the season to fade Calgary, a team that I don't even think... Uh, well, I certainly think they don't win the Pacific, and I think it's uh, a long shot that they win their or that they go to the playoffs because the way Arizona's playing, the way Vegas is going to turn it on, Vancouver, there's not that many playoff spots left when the Central Division is the other division in your conference. So... Right now, Calgary leading the Pacific, and I am a fader for the Calgary Flames. All right, let's move on to number 22 overall, the Minnesota Wild. Devin Dubnik has had a bad season in goal. He is negative 10.38 GSAA this season, according to Corsica Hockey. That means if an average goaltender, just, just average goaltender, you put in the 16th best goalie overall, if the average goaltender's playing the same minutes, same games Devin Dubnik's playing, they have they have allowed Minnesota as a team ten fewer goals if the average goal is playing. So since Devin Dubnik's been in goal, they've allowed ten point three more goals than an average goalie would have given up. That's horrible for a Devin Dubnik goalie who's supposed to be the backbone of that defense, backbone of that team. Matter of fact, he has a sixty eight percent high danger save percentage. That right now is good for forty fifth in the NHL. You know how many starting goalies there are? Thirty one. 
So, I mean, Minnesota, they're actually, they hit a hot patch in November, December. We're playing pretty good hockey, but if you don't get good goaltending and really you're playing average defense, it's just not a recipe to sustain in the Central Division. So Minnesota, 22 overall. This isn't a horrible hockey team, but they just don't have the goaltending and defense this year to uh, really compete or contend in the Central. All right, moving on to number 21. Uh, we're going to go Buffalo here. Now, Buffalo Sabres early in the year were way up there in my ratings, and I think I was a little overzealous on Buffalo early on. And things were weird. Things got weird from the beginning. And I'm even talking off-season beginning. When they hired Paul Kruger, who you know has a background in soccer and was with a soccer team last year. Yeah, yeah I'll come coach your, your hockey team. There's a lot of things that translate, I guess. It was just weird. Now, the D is a little better. I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, Paul Kruger credit. Defense a little bit improved, but there's just not much direction with this team. You know, it, it, it's I, I put Edmonton and Buffalo really in the same category. They were very bad last year. They get new head coaches who are defensive-minded, and you see what a really good seasoned head coach will do in Dave Tippett. Uh, and then Paul Kruger here with Buffalo, kind of directionless. So I don't love what they're doing in Buffalo, where they're going. They're having a bit of a better year, but overall, number 21 in my power rankings, the Buffalo Sabres. All right, number 20 overall in my power ratings. We're going to go Philadelphia Flyers here. Philadelphia is just so bad on the road. Matter of fact, if you split home teams, because in my rankings, I'm giving you guys what these are, the ratings I'm giving you right now, they're my overall ratings, right? So just everything baked into one, these are the overall ratings. But I break my power ratings up into several categories, home, road, offense, defense. And when you look purely at home and road teams, I have Philadelphia ranked my number five home team in the NHL. They're fifth best in the entire league. They're very good when they play at home. But when they go on the road, I have Philadelphia 26th out of 31 teams on the road. Now, while they're only 9-13-2 on the road, you may say, what are you talking about, Tyler? 9-13-2, that's pretty average for a road team. What, do you expect them to be great on the road or have a winning record? No. But the stats also don't match up with even that record. The record should be even worse than that. So I expect Philadelphia to call to really cool down the second half of the season. And uh, Philadelphia, what seems to be a public team, a team a lot of you guys like betting on, I don't love them that much. I'm going to fade them second half of the year. Philadelphia, number 20. Number 19 in my power rankings, the Montreal Canadiens. And man, we are free-falling with them. As a matter of fact, last month, this is one month ago, I had Montreal 8th in my power ratings. But they're 4-10, their last 14 games. They just needed overtime to beat Ottawa last week. I mean, Montreal right now, I think, is probably the most, or the biggest underachieving team right now in hockey. They, they should be so much better than 19th. 19th suggests that Montreal is below average, and that should not be the case for this roster, this defense, and these goaltenders. But honestly, a lot of the blame does go to Carey Price. I mean, he should be playing better hockey. So overall, very underachieving, very disappointing year in Montreal. 19th overall, the Canadians. All right, 18, we're going to go New York Rangers. There's a lot of promise for the Rangers. This is a young, talented team, and they're growing together. One thing I like about New York is they're building this team. They're not just adding random pieces here or there. They're kind of growing into the, into the league uh, together. 
Now, they're scoring goals. They need to work on their discipline, but the goal scoring has to be promising. As long as, as, long as they can get a couple goaltenders in there. I know Henrik Lundqvist probably coming up towards the end of his career, and what a great veteran presence to have in the locker room, but defense needs to improve. Bring in a couple new goalies. Offense is fine in New York. A lot of promising things happening for the Rangers. 17th overall in my power ratings. Number 17 is the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton falling a little bit too, kind of like Montreal. They were top 10 for a while there in the power ratings, but the defense is just not holding up, especially at home. Now, what's interesting about Edmonton, when they go on the road, they seem to play more disciplined, more a little bit more tight on defense, a little more structured. Then they play at home, and it's like they're loose. It's like the Edmonton we've seen the last couple years, where yes, they're scoring goals, but they're also giving up a lot of goals. Matter of fact, I have Edmonton in my home defensive rankings, the dead last team in hockey. And that's that's a lot when you get you know the the Ottawa's and Detroit's of the world in the same obviously the same stats, right? So Edmonton's not a good defense at home. Dave Tippett, as I mentioned, their new head coach, he's making notice, noticeable changes. And I think it's it's a lot what they've done. Right now, 17th overall in the league is very good for Edmonton. Now, I may have been high on them early on when the market was really low on them. And then the market actually caught up. And I was not betting Edmonton for about five weeks there just because they were too expensive we're getting back to a point where they're evening out things have settled down you're getting some good prices on the oilers but they're also kind of cool not cooling off but they're evening out as a team so they're not red hot like they were early on they're doing very good things offensively in edmonton but you just want to see that defense improve at home it's all about being disciplined all about being structured i think it will second half of the season if you're asking me am i gonna bet that dave tippett will improve things in terms of the defense at home, what they need the most second half of the season, I say yes. Edmonton, right now, number 17. 16th overall in my power ratings, Winnipeg Jets. Now, Winnipeg is going to score goals, but they're also going to give a lot of goals up. They have three wins in their last 10 games, so they're falling a little bit in my power ratings, and I just don't see them keeping up in a division like the Central. So I like Winnipeg, but I... but. In terms of offense, that's great. They're going to score goals, like I said, but they're just not structured enough, just not disciplined enough to play the defense that I like in the Central. So Winnipeg, number 16 overall. And frankly, the number 15 team has a lot of similarities with Winnipeg. Florida Panthers are 15th. And there's a lot of similarities, like I said, with the Winnipeg Jets. They both score a lot of goals. They're both going to give up a lot of goals, and that's weird because Florida, bringing in Joel Quinville, who's going to structure things up, right, tighten things up on defense, and bringing in Sergi Bobrovsky from uh, Columbus, I thought that was a recipe for Florida to immediately flip the switch and be a very good defensive team. Well, that's not happening. They're still giving up a lot of goals, but they're scoring a lot of goals as well. So they're kind of hanging in there. I'm not sure if I expect Florida to make a playoff push. They're right there on the edge. That's the question with Florida. Can they sustain it? But right now, 15th overall in my power ratings. All right, number 14, the Vegas Golden Knights. The reason Vegas was so good the last couple years, two reasons. Marc-Andre Fleury and their defense. And both are slightly down this season. Marc-Andre Fleury, he was gone because his dad passed away in the middle of the year this year. So some of the stats for Vegas are a bit skewed. And the more he kind of gets back into the flow of what we expect from Marc-Andre Fleury, I think that number should probably bounce back. But here's the thing. Marc-Andre Fleury is getting up there in age. 
I don't actually... Actually, I can pull it up really quick if you guys bear with me. Just a second here. He's 35 years old. I mean, he doesn't have that many good years left. We, we all remember... I mean, it's it for for me at least. It seems like a long time ago that he was you know standing on his head for Pittsburgh in the playoffs. It, a lot's happened since then, right? He doesn't have that long left. So I'm wondering, you know, do we start to see a drop off this year, next year, next couple years with Mark Andre Fleury? So that's something to put out there to think about. But in terms of the numbers, we can't really project that that's going to happen, especially because he did miss a lot of the season. So you could attribute that his slight numbers this year being down could be a little bit of rust and, uh, you know, could also be short sample size. So we'll see how things progress throughout the rest of the year. I would bet on Mark Andre Fleury's numbers improving, but it's also the defense. And the reason why Vegas, again, was so dominant these last few years is when, when teams would go to, to Vegas, the defense would play very, very well. So I'm wondering, and you guys let me know, because this is very, this is all, you know, a hypothesis. And this is a, an open forum here because I don't have an answer. And it's interesting. Do you guys think that the reason why Vegas' defense was so great the last couple of years was because of Marc-Andre Fleury and the defensive style that Vegas played? Or was it because we had a brand new team in the NHL in Vegas and guys just weren't used to that? And there was a franchise team, brand new, right? So if you've been in the NHL for, you know, six, seven years and all of a sudden there's a team in Vegas... Even if you played there for a couple, you know, even if you went there last year and you've been there one or two times, it still has a new kind of fresh feeling. So I think that for maybe the first couple years of the existence for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, there was an effect of teams going to Vegas and maybe partying a little too much, maybe gambling a little too much. Remember the story last year in the playoffs? This was the playoffs where San Jose was playing Vegas in the playoffs. And Evander Kane ran up a $500,000 credit card tab at one of the casinos. I think it was the Cosmopolitan, something like that. Well, that was during the playoffs. I mean, what do you think is going on during the season? So I think that actually for a couple of years, what was probably happening was Vegas's defensive numbers were probably inflated because teams who weren't used to it were going there and maybe not acting or handling themselves very responsibly. Now that Vegas has been established for, what, three years or so? I think it's either their third or fourth year. Teams are used to it. Teams are now used to kind of going to Vegas, and it's not as exciting as it once was. And so we're seeing these defensive numbers kind of bounce back. So do you think that Vegas' defense is worse, Marc-Andre Fleury's fading, or was it that Vegas was so difficult to go play in because everyone's partying and drinking? You know, I don't have the answer. It's tough. I think that maybe it's different for some teams. Maybe we could go team by team and say for the younger teams that could be the case, so on and so forth. But it's interesting. And that's just another good handicapping factor, folks. It's not always just about the numbers and it's not always just about the x's and o's you got to think about the existential things what's going on outside of the ice vegas number 14 in my power ratings number 13 the vancouver canucks this is probably the best young core in hockey i mean i really really like what they're doing in vancouver and i've been talking about them now for a while in terms of my futures bets because the way the market for a long time, and, and the value is pretty much gone now, but for a, about a month there, the market had Vancouver really, really underpriced. But in the last couple, three, four weeks, they've caught up and accurately priced the Canucks. They've got two good goalies in Demko and Markstrom, and they're playing good defense. Now, on top of the, 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 the structure defense and then the way this team's playing, they're 10th in goals a game. So Vancouver... Kind of making it happen in all facets here. I think they still could make a run in the Pacific. The Vancouver Canucks, number 13 in my power ratings. 
Number 12, Nashville Predators. And I think, honestly, Pekka Rene gets a lot of the credit here. He's had a great, great season. If you look at four on five, five on five, uh, uh, overtime, four on four. I mean, it doesn't matter the metrics you type in. Pekka Rene always seems to be around the top 10, if not a top five goalie. Now, they should be scoring. We know they should be scoring goals. This is a good offensive team. Last couple of years, they've just brought Matt Duchesne in. But the defense does need to improve. If they're going to make a run in the Central, they can't keep allowing the goals they are at the rate they are. So Nashville, good offensively. I like the team, like what they're doing. But I really don't love the firing of uh, Peter Latoivlalette. How do you say their old coach's name? I could never pronounce his name. Peter Latoivlalette. Let's call him that. I, he was a good coach. I mean, he'd been there for so long, too. And they replaced him with John Hines. It's like... Okay, I mean, if you, if you expect an immediate impact, they know more inside the building than I do right now about John Hines. But either way, you know, they're, they're, they're playing good offensively. Defense needs to improve. I don't think they're going to compete in the Central. I think they're right now borderline to make the playoffs. Nashville, number 12 in my power ratings. All right, number 11, the Dallas Stars. Dallas got off to a horrible start this year. Very, very bad start. Ended up firing Jim Montgomery, but the offense is back. The defense is... And when I say the offense is back, actually, I should say the offense is finally here because Dallas hadn't had a great offense in years. So the offense is finally here, and the defense seems to be just as good as it was with Jim Montgomery. It's it's allowing guys like Radulov and Jamie Benn to finally work up top. Dallas also has the number one defense in the NHL, even still with the goalie change. So Dallas... Uh, I think they, you know, you talk about a team right now that's that started really, really poorly and will push for the playoffs. That is the Dallas Stars in the Central Division. Number 10, we're going to go Toronto Maple Leafs. Since making the coaching change from Mike Babcock, from uh, Mike Babcock to Sheldon Keefe, this has been a great team. Go look the last month, last five, six weeks of, of the season. I mean, they're a top five hockey team. Now, the goaltending does need to improve. It, it's funny. Even with all the wins lately, they're still giving goals up. And, and if Toronto can tighten things up on defense and get something out of Michael Hutchinson and, and Frederick Anderson, this would be like an elite team. I'd probably have them certainly well, well, well inside the top 10. But right now, that's the main thing is Michael Hutchinson, minus 5.12 GSAA, according to Corsica Hockey. Frederick Anderson, minus 6.22. He's having a worse year than Hutchinson is. So as long as the goaltending improves slightly, expect Toronto to be right there at the end of the year. Toronto, number 10 in my power ratings. All right, number nine is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. And I was off on Carolina for a long time this season. Now, I I mentioned earlier in the show how I was really down this year on Calgary. And they were, I think, number 22, number, number 23 or something like that in my rankings. I was actually pretty down on on Carolina as well, undeservedly so. I was saying that Carolina was my fade team of the year. They weren't going to repeat what they did last year, especially with the goaltenders they're bringing back. And I was wrong. I mean, I'm still skeptical. I really am still skeptical. They can put together a whole season. But you look at this year's numbers, and Carolina's doing very well, especially defensively. I'm very impressed with the hockey Carolina's playing. And again, I was wrong about them coming into the year. Now... I still do have it, as I said. I'm a little skeptical if they can climb, keep this going. But right now, Carolina, number nine as we sit on January 13th, 1 o'clock Eastern in my power rankings. Number eight, the New York Islanders. What can I say about New York? They were banged up for so much of the season, and they kept winning. Now that they're healthy, you actually see the defense... It was falling off there for a few weeks. And I think that Barry Trotz said something interesting. He came out and said, look, 
we know we play great defense, but with the injuries and the fatigue, it was a lot to ask these guys, especially coming up from juniors in the AHL, to, to fill in. And that's very valid. I mean, if you guys think that that the Islanders can just plug and play with their defense getting banged up like it was, it's not going to happen. So season-long stats, not great for the Islanders, but right now I still have them number two defensive team in my power ratings. I think that if you look at the goalies, probably one of the better goaltending duos in hockey with Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grice. So the New York Islanders still getting a lot of love in my power rankings, number eight overall. Number seven, the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona went from being a very good team, then they added Taylor Hall, and then they became a serious contender. I can't even imagine how good Arizona is going to be when goaltender Darcy Kemper comes back. Because I'll tell you what, Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta combined for two top 15 goalies in the NHL. I mean, this is the best duo of goalies right now in hockey in Arizona. But, as I said, Darcy Kemper has been injured. They've been treading water, kind of sustaining without him. Four and six their last ten with Hill, the backup goalie, playing, well, the third string goalie, I should say, playing pretty well in Kemper's absence. But they need him back. Once he comes back, look out. Arizona's going to be a handful. Arizona, number seven. Number six, the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis... Uh, continuing what we really saw last year, the last half of the season, with that very, very impressive defense. This year, they're allowing 2.63 goals a game. Jordan Bennington having a very good year after a slow start, and uh, they're actually scoring well for having some injuries as well. So uh, St. Louis, number six, and uh, the defense not going anywhere. I expect St. Louis to stay right there around the top five throughout the season. Number five, the Washington Capitals. I was talking about Washington in the top three for a long time this season. What's happened with Washington? Well, it's been their defense that's faded. And that's what I was saying forever. Is like, if Washington can have an average defense, this is an elite team. Probably one, two, three in the league. If their defense falls off, which it has, then they start to slide back. Now, number five isn't bad overall. Obviously, it's clearly not horrible. Well, it's number five in the league. <laughs> but they, a lot of fans may think that that's too low for Washington and they should be better. I don't think so because the defense, uh, Washington right now, number four. Excuse me, number five. Number four overall, we're going to go Tampa Bay Lightning. And for one reason and one reason only, their offense. And they can score. And I feel like a lot of people kind of forgot about Tampa Bay because they had a great season last year, won the President's Trophy, the President's Cup, and then floundered out in the playoffs, losing four straight to Columbus. And I think a lot of people sold their stock very, very early with Tampa Bay. I hear no one talk about Tampa this year for a serious contender. But they are. And right now, they're number four in my power ratings. They, they're as good as any team right now, essentially. I mean, if they can play a little bit better defense, they can beat anybody on any floor or on, on any ice any night. So Tampa Bay right now, great offense. Maybe need improves slightly on defense if you're talking about those top elite teams in the league. But Tampa Bay right now, very good. Number four overall. Number three, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I fought myself forever on Pittsburgh because the Penguins don't seem to be a top three team in the league if you just watch them play. But their stats back up how good this team is. And it's not just offensively because we know they can score. But they're giving up 2.71 goals a game. That's good for uh, top six, top seven in the NHL right now. And again, goal... Uh, it, in terms of scoring goals, Pittsburgh a top 10 team again. They're 7th overall. So, 7th best scoring, 7th best giving goals up, and they've been banged up. I mean, once they get healthy, and I know it's hockey and everyone's hurt, but Pittsburgh, very, very injured for a lot of the year. Now that they are finally starting to get back and get healthy, I mean, this is... 
it's kind of similar to Arizona with Darcy Kemper, right? This is a very good contending team, and they're missing pieces. So Pittsburgh, they're you know they're now healthy, especially up front. We're talking about a team that's not getting a whole lot of love publicly, not a whole lot of square public money, but this is a very, very good hockey team, very complete hockey team. Uh, from the front to the back, the goaltender is very good. Pittsburgh, number three. Number two, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, what to say about Colorado? I mean, Grubauer's having a very good year. They're a ba backup. Pavel Frankul having a very good year as well. And uh, it's not just about the goaltending because we expected things to improve when they made some adjustments in the offseason, added Kale McCarr, right, the the uh, rookie coming in to play some defense. We knew he'd add some offense, but, man, what a good two-way player he's become. And I just think that overall, when you look at this roster, they're built to make a run this year. Colorado like a lot of other teams we talked about, sustaining a couple injuries. But I do think that, actually, it's worth noting because Colorado is one of the more top-heavy teams in the NHL. They tried to address that by adding Nazem Kadri in the offseason, a few more pieces. But I think most people would probably agree. When Nathan McKinnon, uh, uh, when McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog were on the ice, that's maybe the best line in hockey. So when they went through a stretch in the season where McKinnon and uh, Rantanen were out, injured, for about four weeks. And Colorado kept treading water, staying right there. I mean, that's a huge testament to the depth they did add this year. But, folks, if they, they, they can't sustain that. I mean, you take away two of the best players in hockey off Colorado, this probably becomes an average hockey team. So I do believe the depth is a little bit better, but they're still going to have to rely on those top guys to score late in the season and in the playoffs. Uh, number, number two overall, Colorado. And number one in my power ratings, we're going to go the Boston Bruins. How can you argue with Boston being the best team in hockey? They do everything well right now. By far the best home team. They travel well. They play good defense. I mean, you talk about a coaching staff that knows their team. Uh, the Boston Bruins right now, I think, have a very good uh, kind of rapport, right? The communication, that's so important. Communication between the coaching staff and the players. Right now, Boston has that going. Also, the best goal differential in the hockey league, in the uh, National Hockey League. It's tough to argue right now. Boston's number one. Matter of fact, Boston is a four number one. I mean, they are out ahead of every other team in the National Hockey League. To give you guys an idea, uh, we don't often talk about my actual numbers on here, and th these aren't relevant to goals or anything. But my the way I do things, Boston right now is rated 1.71. Pittsburgh is 1.44. And then, the, or excuse me, Colorado's 1.44. And Pittsburgh's 1.42. So all these teams are really, really, really close to one another, right? All the way pretty much for in, in the middle from, you know, all the way, I'd say, from Minnesota to, to Colorado. You're going to get really, these teams crunched together. And then Boston is far out ahead, number one. So I think Boston right now, pretty... Uh, undebatable that they are the best team in hockey if you ask me all right that does it for today's show hope you guys enjoyed the full complete power rankings and uh, tonight's also the national championship so whether you're watching hockey or watching college football good luck everyone we'll talk to you tomorrow on the sharp angle this is the sharp angle every day on your favorite podcast player